Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, RVA. You're driving home. It is a nice sunsplash day. And what do you need? You need Mashup Mondays. That's right. You are about to listen to Mashup Mondays with Bob Black and Matt Wilson. Hi, Mr. Professional Radio Announcer. Forgive me if I don't recognize the musical bed under your dulcet tones. What am I listening to? Matt? Matt, you know. No, I know. Why would I know? See? Neither one of us know. (sighs) Well, for all the audience listening who does know, this is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's intro. Oh, well, I heard you say Sunsplash, so that was my cue. I know that much. Yeah, but it's, it's always sunny, sunsplash. Come on, Gotcha. Guys. No, it makes sense now that I know what the song is. But I had no earthly idea. I'm glad to know neither did Matt. So we agree on that, that we don't know what the song was. And there are other things that Matt and I are going to agree on for the most part today after tuning into Border to Border for the last hour because I know he has some questions for me off of his topics of conversation to include uh, the new in-season NBA tournament. I can't wait to jump on that one. The Home Run Derby, which is tonight as well, and a myriad of other topics. Who says this is the slowest week in sports? Well, most sports talk show hosts will tell you this is the slowest week in sports, but we're going to make something of it, and at least for a Monday We've got plenty to chew on today. Bob Black with you here. Matt Joseph's over there. It is our mashup Monday hour of 1061 ESPN programming as we combine border to border and the sports huddle from now until 5 o'clock. You get the added bonus to talk or interact with either one of us if you would like. 804-327-0888. That'll get you on the air. It's also our text line, 327-0888. And then I'll take you home solo from 5 until 6 with AJ producing all the way through. So, Matt, which ones of those myriad of topics would you like to start with, actually, you know what, Matt? I'm, I'm not even going to ask you that question yet because I got to go back and brag about one thing from over the weekend, and then you can take it from there. How okay. about the how about the landslide victory? And I mean, if this were a political race, they would have called this hardly after the networks got on the air. The landslide victory for baseball over Wimbayana, as which you are more likely to watch. Last Friday night, 65% picked baseball, Matt. How about that? You managed to get uh, your people, <laughs> your your faction of uh, baseball fans to uh, vote in the poll. That's great. My political machine was hard at work on Friday. So I was fired up about that. And I will say this, Matt, after watching some of the summer league action, you absolutely nailed it. It was going to be bad basketball. And it was bad basketball. It's a reason it's summertime basketball. It's a reason the coaches are out there like in T-shirts and shorts. There's a reason it's summertime basketball. It was bad 
basketball. Last night was a little bit better. The sliver of it that I watched because Wembayana was better last night than he was on the opening night. But it was bad basketball, and I am really glad I stuck to my guns. And for the most part, I watched baseball on Friday night. Well, that was also the only win the Phillies had yes. in that series. So you also that was also a good decision. But as we just learned, he is done with the Vegas Summer League. So if people missed out, they got to go back and watch the old games or uh, wait till October. And shocker, by the way. Come on now, I'm dripping with sarcasm here. Did anybody really think he was going to play much more than these two games? I know I didn't. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to play a couple of games and that was going to be it. And he played one bad game because it was his first ever game, and he played one great game. And after that, why would you succumb him to all of that in the summertime as a 19-year-old kid? You can now take him back into the laboratory, as they like to say, and work with him privately and get him ready for the NBA season. So I don't know about you, but I'm not at all shocked that two games and done for Victor. I would have, well, if I was Adam Silver, I would would have begged to have him uh, play more, only for ratings purposes. I haven't seen the ratings yet so far, but, I mean, now you're kind of back to NBA diehards and college basketball fans watching the Vegas Summer League instead of curious people who want to see the number one draft pick. I know, but I think that's fine. I mean, let's remember, the Summer League was born for that, right? They used to play the Summer League like in high school gyms just to get the work in for those guys. They didn't need the television cameras and the bright lights and all the eyeballs on them. And I think even if he continued to play, I don't think they were going to get the same eye-popping numbers that they got Friday and probably yesterday. And I don't think they were going to sell out 17,000 seats if he continued to play. I think the, the luster would have worn off of that fairly quickly. So if I'm the Spurs, I would have no problem doing what they did and just played in those two games, give him a taste of it. Now let's get him onto the practice floor and let's really, really work with him. I mean, they showcased him for two games. It's almost like, you know, training camp in Richmond for three weeks when they showcase them for the three weeks so everybody can see them. And then they go back up to Ashburn and they do their real work up there. So this did not surprise me at all. I'm glad I got a chance, little chance to see him play. But the next time I want to see him play, I want it to be in a regular season game. So here's my question, Bob. Put on your TV slash NBA commissioner hat. Would you, because obviously he's going to play on ESPN probably Thursday or Friday, the first game of the year. Are you putting him up against like a Warriors or a Lakers who will carry the headlines? Or do you want him playing against a bad team so he can showcase his skills against somebody that's probably not going to be able to match up against him? Boy, that's a really good team. Really good question. I think I'm probably putting him up against a lesser opponent for game one, and it may not even have all that to do with the ratings necessarily, but I I do – because, look, they want him to be around for a long time. And while the ratings on October 30th or 28th or whenever they open the season will be important, I think it's more important that his ratings carry through the season and through the years – Ahead, So I think they will probably put him up against a lesser opponent because the eyeballs will still be there for him. And then you can play Warriors, Lakers or Celtics, Bucks or Nuggets, whoever you want in the first game of the year and get those ratings. So I, I would go with um, your, your answer there of lesser opponent in on opening night for Wimbayana. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think maybe like in o- Oklahoma City. 
a team that showed something in the playoffs. They have their own kind of freakish guy in Chet Holmgren, who's obviously smaller, but has done a lot of the same things that Victor can do. So maybe you have an intriguing matchup there. Two of the younger teams in the NBA facing off on the uh, you know the opening weekend uh, salvo there. Maybe like an Oklahoma City. That way it's uh, some young guys, and that way there's stars on both teams that people will be interested to watch. Well, that's certainly the matchup you want to see, right? Because I know you're a big Chad Holmgren guy. You think you can win Rookie of the Year this year, right? I just think, I mean, obviously, look, I think Victor would have to be so bad that nobody would vote for him. Like, I guarantee you, Bob, there are NBA people already writing his name in now, and, like, they're not even going to change it. Like, it's one of those things where it's predetermined. Like, when Zion was going to win uh, rookie of the Year in the ACC. Like, they didn't even have to watch Zion play basketball. They were going to vote for him. I, I think somebody's going to either have to be really, really, really good or Victor's going to have to be really, really, really bad to not win it this year. Well, he's going to have nights like that first night. I firmly believe that. He's going to have some two for 13 nights, particularly early on, and then he's going to have some of those 27.12 rebound nights on other nights. I, I don't – and then for the most part, he's going to be somewhere in between – in year one like he's not averaging 30 points a game i don't care what bruce or anybody else says it's it's not going to happen and he is going to have ups and downs i think from watching him just a little bit i did in those first two games he's got he's got some things to work on he's an unbelievable talent but he's got some things to work on he's going to fall somewhere between what we saw on nine point opening night and double double 27 point in his second game and again i'm just i'm not at all surprised that the spurs aren't going to play him anymore in the in the summer league and I think, uh, I think he's going to have a lot of turnovers, especially if he's trying to dribble around a lot of smaller players. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, those guys are going to steal the ball from him left and right. I understand he's got good handles, but in this league, you're not going to be able to get away with it. I mean, I've watched Joel Embiid, who has decent handles, get the ball stolen from him a lot. And then I think he's going to get a lot of blocks. He's going to average like three or four blocks a game, I feel like, because the few people who think they're going to drive the lane and get it over him, they're just not going to be able to. Well, here's the other thing, and I credit Seth Greenberg for this because he's the first one I heard say it on one of the Sports Center updates, and I'm sure he was on one of the ESPN talk shows when, when he originally said it, and that is that he has great range defensively, let alone great range offensively, meaning he can come out to the three-point line and block a shot. He did that at least once on Friday night because I remember seeing that one. So, yes, he's going to get those block shots, and he's not only going to get them in the paint and on the low block, I do think he's going to get some of those on the perimeter. So I absolutely agree with you on that point. But, look, we watched him turn the ball over several times trying to dribble on uh, on Friday night. Hey, Matt, wait till my man Jacob Gilliard gets a hold of him. He'll have 10 steals against him alone in a game for crying out. He'll never even see Gilliard down there below him he'll have 10 steals off him come on now they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna purposely not put him out there when jacob's out there because they'll be so afraid of that happening i just hope jacob gets the opportunity to be out there he did have seven steals by the way in one of the uh, summer league games the other night jacob gilliard did i right, all kidding aside when first two games not so good on the first one predictable enough really good on the second one also fairly predictable 
and he'll be in the middle somewhere when the NBA season gets going until he really gets his sea legs about him and his footing and all of that. And now he's shut down for the rest of the summer league. And to me, that is not at all a surprise what the Spurs did to him there. All right, that's not the only NBA topic we've got to talk about on the program today. Let's tell you about that and more on the Monday edition of Border to Border and the Sports Huddle, which equals Mashup Monday. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. This is a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by our friends at the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. We urge you to support the local RVA community. You can volunteer your services. You can donate blood to the Red Cross. Uh, to learn more on either of those aspects and much, much more during this critical time, visit redcross.org. All right, other topic of conversation we'll get to right after the break. That's this NBA in-season tournament that was announced last week that will be part of the NBA regular season beginning with this coming year, 2023-2024. Matt had some thoughts and opinions on that on Border to Border. We'll review those, and I'll give you my thoughts as well to his very pointed questions and very pointed observations about that tournament. So we're going to talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. We're also at the All-Star break in Major League Baseball, so I want to talk about that, take a look at the standings, the home run derby tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about that and the All-Star game tomorrow and how excited we are about either of those events at just about the midway point, a little bit past the midway point of the Major League Baseball season. There was some news involving a former Richmond Spider in Major League Baseball today, so we'll get to that as well. Matt mentioned Virginia announced it's non-conference schedule for college basketball we got that on the docket as well so as we said even though it's a slow sports games week this week we got a lot of interesting topics to get into and we will do it all we have no guests today on the monday sports huddle it's matt and me until five o'clock and then uh, me from five until six this afternoon let's get our first break in we'll come back on the other side a little more nba talk for you when we return mashup monday on 1061 espn Star break. Time to catch your breath, Braves fans. The push for a sixth straight division title resumes Friday night as the Braves take on the White Sox at Truist Park. Our coverage begins at 7.05 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. One ESPN, part of Mashup Monday, combining border-to-border in the sports huddle for the 4 o'clock hour up until 5 o'clock. More NBA talk for you. We talked in the first segment about Victor Wembayama and his first two and only two games, as it turns out, in the summer league with the Spurs shutting him down. The other topic of conversation that the NBA announced over the weekend, the end of last week, was this new in-season tournament. First of all, Matt, the first thing I'm going to say is what I said, I think, when we were out at uh, Elsie Bird on Friday. Kudos to the NBA for keeping themselves relevant on July 10th. I don't know how many years I've been doing this, but I can pretty much promise you this is the first July 10th that I've actually been talking about the NBA. So kudos to them for a machine replicating the NFL somewhat. The, you and I are both talking NBA, and neither one of us, self-admittedly for both of us, are huge NBA fans, and yet here we are talking NBA in the middle of July. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. Um, obviously, you know... They're not the NFL. They'll never be no. the NFL. No. And I'm sure there'll be 17 more Damian Lillard headlines before uh, training camp. But, uh, yes, they are keeping themselves relevant, at least for now. 
Okay, so here's this in-season tournament thing. And I think for the most part, you did a great job of explaining it on Border to Border, and I hope our audience was listening because I don't want to regurgitate all of that. But in a nutshell, the in-season tournament involves all 30 teams. They're all playing. It starts early in the year, like November 3rd, finishes up in mid-December or so, and has a championship game that takes place, of course, in Las Vegas. I know you love that, Matt, but it seems like everything is going to Vegas these days. All right, but let me just get to one thing, Matt, and correct me here, and I apologize if I'm wrong, if you did not say this. As you were talking about this in-season tournament, I think it's – if you said it again, I apologize, but I think it's really important to note that all the games – I think there's 67 games between the – the, the first round was a group play, they call it, and the second round, the knockout round. All 67 games count in the regular season standings, except the title game, except the championship game. So these are regular season games. They're just going to look a little different because some of them aren't already scheduled because winners will play winners in the knockout round and losers will play losers. So, Matt, in some way, and I hate to put it in this term, but I'm going to do it, and Bruce and our NBA friends are going to hate me for this, this feels like putting lipstick on a pig to me. I mean, these are regular season games. You can buy tickets. These games count in the regular season standings. You could win or lose a division championship off of these games they're just adding something else to it because people do get lost in the middle of an 82 game schedule similar to major league baseball with a you know relatively nondescript middle of november early december nba game so they now have more meaning but these are regular season games correct they are part of the regular season and that's just why, like, if you're going to do something like this, you need to have a better prize. You need to be able to sell it to your players. Because, you know, regular season games and you're getting $500,000, that's it? And a trophy? Like, that's not that's not enough for me. Well, I'll take the opposite of that. Two, two points on that. I do think something else is needed, but I think it's needed for the fans. Like, I don't care that an NBA guy is going to make $500,000 for winning. I wouldn't care if it was $5 million. I'm not getting any of that money. I don't care what they get to win this tournament. The fan needs something and a draft pick or an extra home game or something that would give the fan something to grab onto. Now, that makes more sense to me. But my point, Matt, because all these are regular season games, these guys are already getting paid for these regular season games. This is basically $500,000 to play one game. The championship game does not count in the regular season standings. That is an extra game on the schedule. So they're getting $500,000 to play in one extra game. Well, yeah, and I had suggested a couple of other prizes that would have uh, hooked a lot of other people in terms of either giving somebody a lottery pick, a guaranteed lottery mm-hmm. pick, or giving someone a guaranteed three seed in the upcoming tournament, no matter what you do. But, yeah, I just the incentive is not there for the common fans. The incentive's there for people like AJ and Bruce who watch the NBA anyway. You need to be getting the people like you and I who are just casuals who would watch something if more was at stake. I agree. To- totally agree that there needs to be something for the fans to grab onto, like you said, a draft pick, what, whatever that might be, extra home game in a playoff. Well, I don't know what that would be, but something where the fans would kind of win something out of the deal as well, right? But I guess my point is they're not getting paid anything extra 
to play in any of these games except the last one. And, and AJ, I'll bring you in here as an NBA fan. Why? And I heard you say this with Matt. Why is it such an incentive to win this in-season championship as as a fan? I get it for the player. The winning player is going to get five hundred thousand dollars. Again, I'm going to stick by my opinion. It's for one game. That's all it is. One game, five hundred thousand dollars. Every other game, they're already getting paid by contract because it's an NBA regular season game. So why is it so gratifying to you as an NBA fan that your team could win this in-season trophy? Uh, well, I'll say as someone who watches pretty much. Every game, I have League Pass, all that other stuff. I will say that when games matter more, usually the play is better, this, that, and the third. I think this is a trial run, and they're going to bring in incentives next year. That's what I keep hearing is, like, this is just the inaugural. But for me, it gives us the chance for more uh, impactful basketball. And yes, you know, you could say that it doesn't matter to the players and all that other stuff. And it's just this is just that I actually think they're going to show up a little more than everybody believes. In all of these games, I mean, these like I keep going back to this. These are regular season games right. anyway. Let me let we'll consider this, though. What if uh, two teams are vying for a number one spot and they happen to play like it's going to create more chances for, let's just say, meaningful basketball. I hate saying that because I love every game, but. I just think it's better than nothing. Like, like, what is the alternative? Not doing it? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I agree with your point. And again, I go, I go back to the, the point of nondescript games in a season that's too long. 82 games is too long. I'll, I'll make the argument 162 is too long in Major League Baseball as well. So they're doing something to put a little bit more oomph into some of these nondescript ho-hum regular season game so I, I get all of that what's the prize Matt I think you you ran it down so if you if you win the thing you get 500 grand if you lose the championship game is there like a, a prize for the second place team like so two, if you lose the championship game it's two hundred fifty thousand okay. dollars if you lose in the semis it's a hundred thousand and if you lose in the quarterfinals it's 50. See, that, that adds at least a little because now they are getting a little extra for playing games they otherwise still would have been playing. Maybe not the same opponent, maybe not at the same location, but they'd quantity-wise they'd still be playing the same amount of games other than that championship. Winner gets 500 loser gets 250 I know these guys all make millions of dollars, but I still think that's, that's decent for them. There's some incentive there, some bragging rights there, and an extra two hundred and fifty grand that they can do something with. I'm okay with that, and I do appreciate them trying to liven up those regular season games to know that not only is it a game that counts in the standings, when I wake up the next morning or I look at my phone and I see the standings are adjusted because of that game, and I also know my team is moving forward, maybe win a in-season championship. I'm okay with it. It's probably not going to make me watch any more NBA basketball. And I don't know. Here's the other question, Matt. I know you, you had asked that, you know, what I would think. Uh, I'm probably with you. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world, but I don't think it's moving my needle a whole lot either. And I wonder to both you guys, that championship game, is it going to feel like a championship game or is it going to feel like kind of an exhibition game, like the Major League All-Star game or something along those lines? Because it really doesn't matter once you get to the postseason. It's going to feel like the Maui Invitational. I mean, it's okay. just, I mean, it's it's not going to be the championship to the college basketball season, but it's going to feel – I mean, this is my guess. Obviously, I don't know. But I would feel like if you took the time to go and make it to the championship game, you're going to try in the championship game. 
But um, I, I think it's going to be no different than the championship of the Maui Invitational in which it's like, yeah, it's great. We're here and we're going to win. But like, it's not like an NBA championship. It, right. Interesting, too. I'm a huge soccer fan and people keep comparing this as to, to the Champions League. And I love the Champions League and it's huge and there's big bragging rights. But really, I want to win EPL. Like, luckily, my team this year won both. But when your team wins the Champions League and not EPL, it does doesn't seem to really matter. I, I think you alluded to this, Matt. I give the NBA credit for trying something. I think they have identified that their season wanders along too much. It meanders along. The load management is an issue. We wonder if less players will go on load management in these particular games because they do have a little bit more meaning to them. So I give the NBA credit. I know a lot of the NBA people that were quoted said, look, this is a work in progress. And AJ, you alluded to this. It's a work in progress. It's year one. We're not going to please everybody. If that's our goal, we're going to fail and we're going to fail miserably. So I, I give them the credit for trying it. We'll take a look at it. it it's not really going to move my needle a whole lot. And I'm not sure I'm going to be overly excited about the championship game because it has no bearing on where my team finishes in the standings. And to Matt, to your point, it has no bearing on what my team gains out of this thing as a fan. The players are going to get the money. What does my team do to help my team? And that, I don't think they've answered that question. Right. Uh, the only thing is that the Sixers have the ultimate trump card in that apparently James Harden does his best work when he's in Vegas or he's potentially shown a trip to Vegas. So maybe that'll be good for the Sixers in getting him back to Vegas. And that's why they put the championship game in Vegas. Well said, Matt. Well played. Well played. All right, let's put a wrap on that for the time being. But again, kudos to the NBA. We just spent the first half hour talking about a league that's in its off season right now. It won't play a regular season game, what? August, at least for three months, a little bit more than three months. So kudos to them for all of that. But let's put that to bed for a little while, unless Bruce wants to call and ring in with his opinion on that as well. We'll take a break. Bottom of the hour. Baseball talk is coming up. We're at the all-star break, and there's still plenty to chew on in Major League Baseball. We'll start to do that when we continue in a moment. Mashup Monday, sports huddle and border to border combined on 1061 ESPN. Eight of baseball's biggest bats battle for the long ball crown. It's the 2023 Home Run Derby from T-Mobile Stadium in Seattle. Get the action live beginning tonight at 8 on 106.1 ESPN. Six wins it, and now it's five that will win it. Another massive shot from Alonzo. Four to win it, like a countdown. Three to win it. Two to win it. He's not missing. One more to win it as Alonzo comes out of the timeout and walks it off. What a finish. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Well, he's not going to defend his championship this time around. Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets. Uh, first of all, neither Matt nor I want him to win because he's a New York Met, and he's going up against the hometown favorite, Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. There's no, he's not even going to get out of the first round, Matt. I don't know. Do you, if you put wagers down, I heard you talking about this a little in the three o'clock hour, but I, I just, I don't, I don't see Pete Alonso getting out of the first round tonight against Julio Rodriguez. 
Uh, it's always interesting with the hometown folks because I feel like they either do really well or they struggle under the you know the not the extra attention. Uh, it's good that he was in it last year, so that way this is not a first time thing for him. That's why I probably wouldn't go with Adley Rutschman. But yeah, they certainly made things interesting by giving him the hometown guy who literally everybody's going to be rooting for. Yeah, he, he will have the crowd behind him, and I get your point there. You know, sometimes that adds a little bit more pressure on you, although I certainly remember Bryce Harper at Nationals Park when he walked that thing off, and that was pretty electric, and that was pretty fun to watch. To answer your question from border to border in the 3 o'clock hour, I don't love this event. I like this event. I'm glad they have it because I'm a baseball-starved guy. Like, I already miss regular season games my team and your team is in the chase for a playoff spot i'd rather they were just playing meaningful games but i get it they have to have an all-star break i hate the fact that it's four days now instead of three that they don't play again until friday night but i understand that as well so while i'd rather there be major league games regular season games i'm happy to have something tonight and i think they do as good a job as they can do with the production of this as a made-for-TV event and also for the for the fans who will be there and in the stands. And I think it is a very fun event uh, to be at in person. Um, you know, I think it's decent on television. So, Matt, just to answer your question, I like this event. I don't love this event. I mean, that's about it's it's background noise that I will slightly pay attention to only because I forced myself to put a couple of very, very, very small <laughs> wagers on the event tonight just because I, uh, you know, it's if I'm going to have it on, I need something to root for, Bob. So that's why I did it. And I, if I heard you correctly, a couple of those wagers were on the Alonzo Rodriguez matchup, which is the first round, right? Correct. I have over 42 and a half homers combined between the two of them, uh, over 21 and a half homers for uh, Julio himself, and then the, uh, the longest home run over 485 and a half feet. Uh, I think Manfred juices the numbers a little bit to uh, get people to watch. And um, <laughs> as I said, they are all very small wagers. Please do not put a large amount of money, even if you did the time on this thing, because it's weird things happen in this. You know, that there's some people who are like, oh, you know, uh, Luis Robert, he's the one seed. Uh, he's going to do really well, right? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty random how they picked him as the number one seed. So, like, already there, people will get thrown off. I actually think uh, – I get your point. I actually think there was a formula that they used for the seeding. It may have simply had to do with how many home runs, not on the season, but maybe how many home runs they've hit since June, something like that. Um, yeah, wait a minute. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Determined by each player's season home run total through July 4th, and if they were even, it was the most home runs they'd hit since June 15th. Uh, which is why Luis Robert got the number one seed uh, because he'd had the most since since June 15th. So it's a little bit random, but it, there's also a analytical formula to this thing, which is why we got uh, Alonzo versus Rodriguez in the first round. Wouldn't you think that, that Manfred would rather that be the final than the first round, right? I mean, those are two headline names, certainly. Yeah, he, he's also not a good commissioner, so I wouldn't expect <laughs> I much logic from him uh, uh, in general. I don't disagree with you on that. But, I mean, there was a, you know, baseball's full of statistics. So there was a statistical formula that got the that got the eight seed. But, yeah, I would rather Alonzo and Rodriguez be in the final two-time champ, right, and Alonzo and Rodriguez, the hometown guy and all of that. So, all right, so if you had to pick one guy to win this thing, did, you didn't do that, though, did you? That wasn't one of your bets, was it? No. Um, 
If I was, I mean, look, Vlad Guerrero would be the guy that I think would be interesting, but he's his his price isn't great. Uh, the guys towards the bottom, I mean, I I'd love for Adley Rutschman to win it, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine he's going to do it. Um, I, I, I look, I, I'll take Rodriguez. I, I'll take uh, the the hometown guy. Only, do you realize last year, Bob, he hit thirty two in the first round, thirty one in the second round, and then eighteen in the finals against Juan Soto. So he's he's definitely going to hit some tonight with that mm-hmm. crowd behind him. Mm-hmm. And one of the first names you mentioned is the one I'll take Vlad Guerrero. Actually, uh, although I'm a huge Mookie Betts guy, I saw the quote from Betts in which he said, "Don't bet on me. I'm I'm not winning this thing." <laughs> so I, I'll 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 go along with that. I'm gonna I'll take Vlad Guerrero to win this thing um, tonight. And I guess if I had a favorite. It might be Rutschman. I mean, obviously the Orioles have led a charmed life this season. They're having a great year. They keep bringing up, you know, the next Adley Rutschman since when they brought him up last year. They just have, you know, one prospect after another, and they're having that kind of season. Uh, so he'd be my long shot, and he's the eighth seed anyway. But I'll, I'll go with Guerrero, who's, who's probably a pretty good long shot too. Isn't he mad as a sixth seed? I mean, he can't be but so high. No, see, Bob, you can't let the seeds say anything. He is the actual second uh, favorite behind huh. uh, Alonzo. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm okay with that. So I'll t- I didn't know any of that. You know, I don't really look at that stuff. So, but right. I- I'll take I'll take Guerrero uh, to win it to win it tonight. You took you wound up with Rodriguez, right? I will go with Julio Rodriguez, and as I always say, if you do actually bet on it, make sure to shop around. The prices are different. Uh, and if you're going to bet something foolish like this, you want to get the best value. So, therefore, please go look at a bunch of different places. Yeah, and where was he in the in the list of favorites, Rodriguez? Most of the places he's third. Okay. Um, some people have him fourth behind Luis Robert. Some books have him third ahead of Robert. So, um, yeah, I just – I have a fee- I have a thing for the hometown guys usually mm-hmm. uh, to see how well they do. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'd, I'd certainly be rooting rooting for them as well. So I, I would root for Rodriguez, like you said. Yeah, I just don't want Alonzo to win and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that tonight. Again, like I said, I, I like this event, and I think they've um, I think they've morphed it into something that's watchable. And I think it's a two hour window, right? I think it goes eight to ten. So like everything else in baseball, it has clocks on it now, too. Um, so I, it's watchable in two hours. Will I sit there and watch all two hours? Probably not. Um, you know, we don't have a Philly guy in it. So, you know, that takes a little bit out of it for me as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll call it, Matt, I'll call it a little bit more than background noise. But like you, I'm not watching the full two hours of it, probably. Right. It's yeah. just, and It's just one of those things where – I mean, there's not a lot of these type events that would bring people, I think, that much to it. You know, when the slam dunk contest actually had people we heard of, I think that would bring people to the television screens. But this format type event, I just feel like you're not gonna you're not gonna get a lot of people. It is a Monday night, though. It is, yeah. Uh, so I don't know what the TV numbers will be. They'll have a full house in Seattle. I mean, they'll they'll have everybody in the in the ballpark, especially since they got one of their guys in it. But even without it, I think they dress it up well enough that it's a fun, good event to go to. I know a lot of people probably go both nights. They go to the Home Run Derby, and then they go to the All-Star Game, that kind of thing. So I, I do think it's a good in-venue event, and it's a good on-TV event for July 10th. Um, it will serve its purpose. We'll move on to the All-Star Game. We both agree it's the best of all the All-Star Games out there. Um, although, I'll say this, Matt, before we get to the break, 
I don't know how baseball handles this because most of this was injury related, but I'm actually disappointed at, at the lack of some of the stars who will play tomorrow night. I mean, it's not, it's nobody's fault because they're hurt, right? I mean, Trout is out. Judge is out. Kershaw is out. I'm probably, I'm missing a couple others that, that aren't playing primarily because of injury. I know there are some pitchers who won't pitch because they pitched yesterday, so they can't pitch on Tuesday. So I, I don't know. I just think it's lost some of its luster. Um, Dansby Swanson, there's, there's another one, pretty big name star. He's out with an injury. So I'm a little disappointed in some of the guy, and I don't want to disrespect the guys who are playing because they're all stars. They're legit. They deserve it. But I feel like I'm, I'm missing out on something without those names I just rattled off. Uh, yeah, but that's no different than any other, unfortunately, as the injuries. Yeah. And, and you're not going to – look, if I'm Rob Thompson, I pitch Spencer Strider like seven <laughs> innings. But, of course, you can't do that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, the injuries are unfortunate. Uh, I think some of those injuries are because of the pitch clock. I think some of it, the, mm-hmm. when you speed these pitchers up, you're you're messing up their clock, and we know how much these guys work on such a rhythm. Well, we see that on an every five-day basis with Aaron Nola. I'm telling you that. He's got to figure it out. I'm getting off on another topic, but it, it's, it's in his head. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And he had another bad outing uh, yesterday. Strider is not going to pitch at all tomorrow he pitched saturday for the braves and i think you know brian snicker in his infinite wisdom told rob thompson he's he's not pitching i don't even know if he's going because he's not coming but uh because he's not going to pitch so i get that i i do get the starters that pitch saturday and sunday it's hard to bring them back although i guess tuesday would be a bullpen day if you pitch saturday that would be the middle of your your off days but even still i get those there's not much you can do about that uh, and I want them pitch. If it's their turn on Saturday or Sunday, I'm not holding them back so they can pitch in a darn All Star game. It's it's more the injured guys that just just kind of frustrated me more than anything because I do think they're some of the bigger names and bigger stars in baseball. And I'm not trying to diss you know the replacements because they're they're certainly star players. Kyle Tucker, Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez is actually going to get to play in the game now because he's a replacement All Star. But I wish those other guys. We're there. All right, let's get a break in here. We have one more segment to do. Matt and I will be back to do that. Mashup Monday, 1061 ESPN. It's the greatest show of the summer. The 93rd Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Live from T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Get the All-Star Call live beginning tomorrow night at 7 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Time is of the S. Bob and Matt back with you rolling quickly towards the top of the hour and the end of the mashup Monday for another Monday. I hope our audience enjoys listening to it. I enjoy doing it and having the co-hosts very much, actually. So, Matt, you do all these lists, right? Uh Uh-huh. So I got one for you. All right. I don't do lists very often. I saw it on Twitter. It's the only reason I'm doing this. And it, it probably won't move your needle a whole lot, but I was actually surprised by it first and you know me it's going to be baseball related uh-huh. first half first half of the major league baseball season the most popular jersey of any player in major league baseball first half of the season according to mlb shop who do you think i mean it's gotta be shohei otani obviously i was gonna say there's an obvious choice right this total. This is why I brought it up because this really shocked me, and I think you say the same thing I do about this city. But I still think it's a horrible sports town. But the most popular, and maybe they're not buying them in Atlanta, the most popular jersey the first half of the year is Ronald Acuna, which just totally surprised me. 
because I, I don't think Atlanta's a very good sports town. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They draw well when they get in the postseason for baseball. I experienced it myself. But for the most part, I don't think it's a great baseball town. I don't think it's a great sports town. And yet Ronald Acuna Jr. was the most popular bought jersey through the first half of the season. Shohei was second. I was shocked by that, Matt. I mean, yeah, that would be, that would be yes. And it just shows you, I mean, Ronald Acuna doesn't do any commercials. Uh, I don't think anybody would be able to point him out in a lineup if you're a normal, per, uh, you know, a, mm-hmm. a mild sports fan, which just shows you that the sport, at least a little bit, is is missing out by not marketing a guy who clearly has a lot of people's interest. No doubt. Uh, somebody's noticing, though, for him to be the most popular jersey. And here's the other myth that maybe gets broken a little bit, and this is not the end-all list of popularity by any stretch of the imagination, but Otani is second, which did surprise me. However, let's remember where he plays on the West Coast, late night, all of that. And Mike Trout, who gets blistered and criticized unmercifully for not being outgoing enough and not being a better face of Major League Baseball and spokesperson, He's 10th on the list as most popular jersey. So the Angels have two of the top 10. So I think it burns the myth a little bit about their notoriety of playing in obscurity on the West Coast. Well, it also is interesting because I would have figured Aaron Judge would be up there because, you know, New York is Mm -hmm. is the market, and it's obviously not there. So that's rather interesting as well. He's fourth on the list. It's Acuna, Otani. Three surprises me and truthfully disappoints me a little bit. Fernando Tatis Jr. is third. I don't get that one. Uh, I mean, he's flashy enough that kids like him. Um, yeah. The team doesn't win enough, obviously. But, I, you know, I like him as a player. I don't love everything about him. But that's also because, you know, we didn't like him as a, when that Philly series happened. But mm-hmm. um, I, I could see it. It makes somewhat sense. All right. And number five is Jose Altuve from Houston. Oh, well, that, that's really disappointing. How about that one? I don't mind Altuve. I know the whole cheating He's a cheater. I get it, but whatever. Mookie Betts is sixth. Love that pick. Julio Rodriguez is seventh. Matt Olson of Atlanta. You talk about a great trade and pickup for the Braves. That would be the one because Freddie Freeman's name is not on this top ten list, although he's having a great year also. Alex Bregman is ninth from Houston. I mean, they're the world champs. Their fans are into this thing right now. And then Mike Trout is tenth. And you know the name I'm disappointed that's not on there, Matt, of course. Bryce Harper. Yeah, exactly. No Bryce Harper in the most popular jerseys through the first I'm not whatever, shocked. three months. Yes, you are shocked. There's no New York Met on this list either, AJ. There's no Max Scherzer. There's no Justin Verlander. There's no Pete Alonzo on this list. Also either. not shocked. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Matt, good stuff today. I uh, hope you had fun with it. I know I did, and we will continue to do the mashup Mondays throughout the rest of the summer months. Sounds good. Except not next week, right? You're on vacation next week, aren't you? I'm working Monday, and after that, I'm done. Uh, you had to be here for Mashup Monday. I appreciate it. That's great. All right. We'll do that Monday. We'll send you off on vacation on a great note. Well, we do it again next Monday. All right. Say, say goodbye to Matt. He's on his way out. Uh, AJ producing, and I will be back for the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle after we get an ESPN Sports Center update. I haven't even talked about the local story involving Major League Baseball today. It's been on the ESPN Sports Center update, so you know it's big. And I'll talk about it when we come back for the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle right here on 106.1 ESPN.